0: What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Doctor Funk podcast. Thank you guys for subscribing on Stitcher, iTunes, everywhere else where you're hearing our podcast. At I say "our" meaning us, not just me, meaning you guys. <clears throat> Today we're gonna focus on Celebration Day Two and Day Three. Jeff Katz, Prince on the big screen. The funk soldiers and much more. So, we're just gonna dive right into stuff. So, we up there for celebration day two. It's a morning this time, not feeling it so much after so many events going on around Paisley Park, not just inside. We got JD Steele for the second day, singing us some Forever in My Life as we're just walking in and, uh, you know, he sets up and play from Vienna in 2014. Pro shot. So again, some really cool stuff of a uh, guitar. Plectrum, plectrum, electrum. When I just say plectrum. plectrum. Plectrum, electrum. Correcting myself made me mess up again. Isn't that great? Until I'm doing this in the morning time. Corinne <clears throat> Clover. She's always in my hair, which was a third eye girl staple. In my opinion. Then get some purple rain along with play that funky music with screwdriver. Then the funkiness of What's My Name mixed with Sacrifice of Victor and Papa. Uh, that could have went on for a much longer time, in my opinion. Then uh, JD Steele came out singing Seven and then said that you want to know what we thought Seven was about. And he said it was about. There being seven record companies. And then um, now we're down to two. That's interesting. I haven't heard that one before, but okay. <clears throat> now, one of my favorite moments of the week, and this is why I'm just getting into stuff as great as that Third Eye Girl footage was, was Jeff Katz, who took photos of Prince from like 1986 through 1992, then some spots in 94, 95. And he's been really somewhat silent over the past three years till recently, where some photos that he approved to be sold along with the estate have been coming out. So it was just quite interesting that we're gonna finally hear from him. And I was excited and Gilbert Davidson was the one moderating it. Not Steve Park. Steve Park was taking photos of the celebration like he does every year. Now, some things to take into account, aside from doing the album covers for parade Sign of the times scandalous and just countless other projects was just like these were, you know, it's after purple rain. But Prince is still, um, you know, getting a lot of publicity. So a bunch of Jeff's photos are very, very, very popular without people realizing it. Usually ending up on the cover of People magazine for Right On, for Blackbeat, for so many other uh, cover magazines at the time that, you know, Prince wouldn't have People magazine take the photo. He would supply them with the photos. Um, and they talked about surprisingly, like he was just brought out to the under the cherry moon set and just asked to take photos, like, you know, start grabbing your camera and do it, which really shouldn't be surprised anymore. Right. You fly in, you do it just like where uh, he invites you to a concert and you're a musician. You better bring your instrument with you because he's going to ask you to play. So... Um, and he was just sharing sharing photos, first several with uh Gilbert, just messing around on set, having their own little selfies, although back then you couldn't see how the photo was gonna turn out or anything. Um and they shoot in the moment, just start getting into it, and then Prince would, you know, do his modeling, or Zoolander, if you want to call it that, you know. <clears throat> um And apparently, like, Jeff's story of everything, of how he wanted the movie to look, although it was being shot in color, was Jeff taking photos with a Polaroid camera. And how they looked on the Polaroid is how he wanted the film to look. Now, that was 1986. I'm sure the film people, Warner Brothers, were like, You know, stick to music, young man. We we got this. So, interesting times. But he showed a lot of great photos from Sign of the Times as well as Under the Cherry Moon. A lot of photos that we've been seeing online. uh, Just Prince looking amazing. And just thankful that we're getting to see these shots. Then kind of like this transparent photo. He said that came to be because Prince wouldn't stand still. It could have been like an alternate cover for the sign of the times cover which i'm hoping maybe in the future it will be Um, and just certain things that you see in the shot that you didn't exactly see before um and of course um you know this was done like a lot of stuff was done with the revolution on recording um that warehouse I want to say Flying Cloud. Um, sometimes, like, I do what i was saying, but I think that's the Flying Cloud um, place in Eden Prairie. I was going to say St. Louis Park, but I think it's Eden Prairie. Um, and he brought some other things, like all those signs that we saw before, the bar and grill, girls, girls, girls. You know, it was taken from the Chanhassen Dinner Theater where he kind of had his last performance where he jumped on stage and played, uh, guitar, not last performance, but play guitar there when they're doing a Ray Charles tribute. Um, so that was interesting, but it was for the set of guys and dolls. Um, and he, he talked about using, oh boy, um, this is why it probably pays to have notes sometimes instead of rely on your memory. all this, Cause it is, um, you know, like different exposures, but that's that was the whole thing. Is he asked Prince to stand still, and he wouldn't stand still, so it didn't do too much for stuff. Then he talked about love, sexy, and shooting some photos of him, like where he had like a, you know, the five o'clock shadow going on in photos of him in love, sexy garb then he said he was gonna go home so uh, Jeff kind of fell asleep on the floor <laughs> and uh, Prince came back in a few hours dolled up in all that you know love sexy makeup and the police hat that he wore kind of at the end of uh, it's gonna be a beautiful night in the Sign of the Times film and he said like this is the same day this is Prince just going home for a few hours and changing which is just funny because it brings the whole stories like Pai Bell, like you know, he changed like three times a day and each time it looked prettier than the next. <laughs> um, just classic. And of course, like, you know, I'm just, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Just like when it comes to all the photos that we've seen that have come out since 2016. Like, I love Asheen's book. Of Steve Park's book, Love Allen's book. Um, we've all been kind of waiting for Jeff's photos. and I don't know if it was just a time period or other stuff or him shooting some of my favorites like um, the symbol era with the seven video and other shots with him with a microphone gun. Um, but I was really glad to see those shots. And see how they transpired. And of course, like, you know, they kind of um, bonded over, and it didn't say what year, but I would imagine it was like 1990 when, you know, princes into the whole Godfather three and Barbarella thing, but they bonded over Barbarella and why, you know, if you saw it. And I thought that was interesting. <clears throat> um, and of course... Jeff was asked the question we all want to know. If we are going to get a book of his photos. And Gilbert would be the one teasing everything. And Jeff really didn't answer it. And, you know, so I took it as probably in the future, but not the near future but probably will get a book. Um, you know, there was just so many great photos that Jeff has done. Um, you know, and I love those controversy shots that we would get those exclusive shots of getting controversy magazine, like the up close and personal shot. We got a Prince on the Rolling Stone cover uh, for 1990 during filming of graffiti bridge. Um You know, uh, I wanted to know more about, although they discussed, I want to know more about like that shot of Prince flexing in the mirror. (laughs) You know, look like his little macho man, Randy Savage, for all the wrestling fans out there that get that pose. And I kind of dig that, you know. And it's so interesting because it's like Jeff kind of pulls back the veil a little bit. That you notice things and of course it was on a bigger screen but he's showing like the shot of Prince the slave era where he's wearing um, the MPLS uh, jersey hockey jersey by the way the ones at the estate sells and Paisley sells are two different ones so the material I hear is better with the estates not Paisley's although I really liked uh, some of the exclusive celebration merchandise that Paisley had this year um, but he talked about like how Prince wanted like a city landscape and they weren't exactly in a city. Like he he pulled back this thing of like not a green screen, but just like a screen of stuff. And then when you're seeing it up on their screen, you can totally tell, yeah, that's not in a city. That is just a backdrop, you know, so kind of like that, because, you know, we've seen these shots that Afshin took of Prince on the street. And you know, so we figure, okay, they're gonna do it, but no, that's not how it was done. So I just really, really, really enjoyed that panel with Jeff and what he brought to it and just how you know of just shooting prints that to him was just photo chef sessions and other stuff. And he hasn't really thought about the money of certain things. And Jeff has just done it for the love. And apparently he's been able to make a living off his love, which is great. Now, just so you know, I have asked Jeff to be on this show and, uh, talk about things. And he did say, you know, the podcast will have to wait. I so respect how you uphold Prince's legacy to the highest standard, but I just need more time to figure out how in front of my photos I want to be moving forward. And I'm sharing that with you guys. And I told him that I understand that, I respect it, and expect me to keep bugging him to be on the show. And uh, hopefully he will be, but I fully understand where he's coming from and respect that totally. Um, But... I really, really enjoy the panel with Jeff. I think you guys would enjoy a book from him, and hopefully that's what the future has to offer. Now, the other panel that we had, although next year it'll be the 30th anniversary. No, that can't be right, right? Yeah, Graffiti Bridge. You know, I hope these podcasts don't don't age you guys. Because I'm going to age backwards anyway. Um, but damn, when you talk about things like 30 years since Graffiti Bridge. Now, can I tell you, like when I went to go see that in the theater, there was four of us. I came in my black trench coat. I wore clothes underneath. I was a youngin. There was four of us in the theater. I met me and my friend come with me. I bought his ticket, uh, Ryan. And, uh... When the movie started, there was four of us in the theater. By the middle of the movie, it was just me and my friend. He was looking at me like, why did you drag me to this? <laughs> like, uh, maybe in the UK that didn't have it released in theaters, but they had it as a video package. Probably was for the best. Because it was the videos that you can enjoy and some other things. Um, but I'm glad that I got to see it on the big screen. Uh, 30 years. Damn. So Steve Park did moderate this one. He talked with Ingrid Chavez, talked with T.C. Ellis, um, Craig Rice. It was just, it was interesting um, about some things and how, like, you know, and I remember reading this in a, in a write-on magazine about, like, a three-picture deal after the Sign of the Times movie that was released separately from Warner's. And one of them was called May I Live to See the Dawn. And Gilbert says that this was what it was originally, Graffiti Bridge was originally titled. I don't remember reading that. I remember this Graffiti Bridge being filmed, and they were saying that there was uh some more movies on the way. And I believe like a Charlie Charlie Parker story or something else was involved in that mix that they were gonna put out. Um just was interesting because you know, you just had Jesse Johnson the night the night before, talk about how, you know, he hasn't been back to Paisley since filming the Graffiti Bridge and all these things. And, you know, TC basically was said, like, his character was just based on him, how he'd be bugging Prince all the time to let him sing, let him rap since he was a kid. <clears throat> you know, and he came up with that to let him do it. Um, And Ingrid, you know, they asked how her story was and it's changed a little bit over the years of how we were heard stuff. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, and then that's when the introduction came from Ingrid to Prince, and to Craig, then getting her involved in the film and just all these other things. Um, you know, because we've heard so much about, about Graffiti Bridge and we didn't hear at this time about you know, that it was supposed to be like a vehicle for the Times reunion. And then Warners wasn't having it. So Prince had to put himself into the plot, which probably isn't true. It's more so that, you know, they wanted a Purple Rain sequel, but that's not how he was going. Although he called himself the kid again. And there were, you know, some things that were mentioned in it. Um, <clears throat> it's just interesting of it. And I think they're very proud of the work. They just wish that it would have done better than it did. You know, and I really would love to hear like Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis talk about their experience with it and being with him. And even like the recording process, because jerk out being their biggest hit, biggest hit at the time. But we know from uh, recordings we shouldn't have that, you know, jerk out was originally made very early eighties with Prince's vocals and trying to do the Morris Day thing. So, yeah. Now, it's just, I don't know. I figured Batman sometimes gets overlooked, and it's the 30th anniversary of that. I would have liked to do some stuff. But then again, you know, we had more of, how do I put it? We did have Jeff Katz who talked about certain things like Scandalous, but not exactly the Batman movies. So it would have been interesting to hear that. Now, after we're done with that, um, did a little bit of an interview segment with Sony Legacy Recordings. I know they interviewed um, some other people. I saw them interviewing Kinesa Williams for the Muse to the Pharaoh podcast before I was interviewed. Of course, the wind was picking up when they did mine, so we had to go to the side of Paisley. Hopefully they got that in the mics or I'll be on the cutting room floor again. (laughs) Um, But I really enjoyed talking with them. Um, And I hope to do that in the future. And we'll see what comes from it. Hopefully you will see... um, was recorded with myself and Kinesa and others. Uh, then it was time for prints on the big screen. Now, uh, it was at the Armory this year instead of the Target Center, which I believe the Armory is a much better venue for it. It still didn't sell out. I still think tickets are kind of high, but they're not asking me about that. Um, and... The footage was great. It was the same footage that was used the year before of the Carolinas. And you had Chance Howard in the mix now. And Ida. And Renato Neto. And Cat Dyson. So I enjoy that as well. Um, the footage is still amazing. But it was the second year in a row. And I heard from a lot of people that attended it. Um, that they enjoyed it. But if they try to do it for a third year in a row, they ain't having it. (laughs) And of course, uh, Kirk Johnson on a panel on Sunday advised that, you know, people want a different show and blah, blah, blah. And they're, you know, it takes a lot for them to do that. And they're just not going to get it. It's going to be this one. So we're hoping that we can tour with this, you know, and then, of course, some people are like, play it again. I'm like, that's not what y'all were telling me off the record. (laughs) So, here you go. You got, a, you got a room full of people saying, Yay, hey, let's have it again next year. And then all I kept hearing from other people is, uh uh No, they better not try that. So, the footage is great. Footage is amazing. Musicians are amazing. Shelby, Adrian, all of them, loving to death. Enjoy watching it. Let's try to get it on the road and not have it for a third straight year because I appreciate you guys but it may just be pulling off, especially with the wording is a lot of people thought it was going to be different footage, but I heard from someone else earlier, uh, about a couple months back. That's going to be the same as the year before. I'm like, nah, they wouldn't do that. Yeah, they did it. I enjoyed it. Um, must say something <laughs> like myself at Paisley when I was trying to get out of a row, uh, It was hard to get by. Someone gave me a little bit of attitude. And uh, my girl, she was uh, trying to get out of the road during the concert and it was hard for her to get out of the road and hard for her to get back. All it takes is just one person. And like don't have to be rude about things. You know, or put your place like you're too good to move out of the way for someone. It just makes you look like an asshole or a bitch. And saying looking like, I don't really like using those words on camera. But it's just like, it's just low. You know, have more respect for people. And uh, it's hard being with me already. And we got people... Uh, being jerks about it. And you know, I don't think it, it even was about being with me. It's just that they were jerk. You know, that sucks. So there you go. Um I enjoyed the after party. Before that, talked with a few people that I needed to talk to. Uh again, asked the question how I knew about the originals. Like it's not anyone that you know. It's <laughs> like don't worry about it. I'm not trying to be a jerk about that, but you know, I've been doing this for a long time. And you just have information that's out there and it isn't as controlled as you think. And as as the person was saying that, you know, this whole thing has been more drama filled than they realized. Uh, then, you know, you have to understand that there's different circumstances for certain things that people are gonna know things and that's just How it is, is not inside your spectrum. There's other people involved. So it goes from that. Um, Yeah, I enjoyed the after party. We made a late night stop by Perkins for a little bit. Next thing we know, it's like four o'clock, five o'clock in the morning. Uh, Luckily, we were able to get to Paisley later the next day for celebration day three. And let me tell you, though, people start to drag. Like, Celebration Day 3 and Day 4, I felt that people were really, really, really dragging. Um, That's just how it is. You know, that there's so many events going on outside of Paisley that they're just sluggish by the time stuff comes around for Day 3 of the Celebration. So something's got to be done about that. Um, You know... J.D. Steele came out, saying a little bit of Raspberry Beret, got us into uh, Bobby Z interviewing Bob Cavallo. And I was looking forward to this as well because the past few times I've seen Bob Cavallo be interviewed, it's with Albert Magnoli. And Albert always wants to interrupt, doesn't let Bob talk. And it's pretty obvious that Bob kind of has worn thin of Albert over the years. So, you know... They talked about what we've been hearing lately about Earth, Wind, and Fire having a complex called the complex. And, you know, Prince saw that early on. He's like, I want one of those, you know. And that the story that we heard that, you know, Prince was up to be re-signed to a contract with the management team of Cavallo, Buffalo, and Fardnoli, And he was like, he'll re-sign again, but you got to get me a movie deal. And you know, we've all heard that. And then, like you know, we heard the extra stuff that Bob was like, and make sure it isn't like one of your like, it's you know, it's it's on the up and up. It isn't like one of these people that you get that you know, getting TVs and stuff. And he's like, guess because he's Italian to me or whatever. I'm not sure what he was referring to, but it was just kind of funny. You know, it's like Prince's humor, but he was having trouble getting it. You know. Trouble getting it to where people wanted to put the money behind him. He went to Warner Brothers Pictures several times. They passed on it. And <clears throat> it was just tough. And then how, you know, like, even getting a director. Then they kind of had to went to, like, you know, the USC film school and look for someone. And then the guy that was, like, the editor of a film was recommended. And he passed on it, which ended up being you know, Albert Magnoli and they made it happen, you know, and he actually talked about Albert passing on it, which he has a different story of that, but I believe Bob more so. Um, <clears throat> and just that, you know, it's because he wanted to help rewrite it is why he passed on. He's like, sure, you know, you can help rewrite it, whatever. Um <clears throat> And it's just that you talked about Moe Austin um, passing on it, which is surprising because Moe was like Prince's backer, biggest backer, biggest supporter of Warner Brothers. When, you know, <clears throat> they didn't want 1999 to be a double album. Moe was behind it and all these other things. But apparently, you know, said something about Paul Simon, I believe. I didn't know this. Um, That, you know, like they made a movie together and it bombed and he was afraid that would happen there. Um, You know, he he was trying to get Jim Brown involved, like the football player. And then the activist at that time was an activist for many things into it. And he wasn't having it. So basically, they, meaning Prince and Bob put their money together, and used their money to finance the film and do all these other things. Then at the end, when checks were about to bounce, <clears throat> uh, Warner Brothers agreed to be involved and help with the payment of the, of the picture, which at the time, I believe, was between 6 and $10 million. Then when they did a screening out here in Pasadena, uh, Bob kind of had trouble remembering where it was, <clears throat> so I was in Pasadena and it got like through the roof ratings and then the movie company was like oh this is bullshit you know this is this is pale at its best like they do this in radio you can't do this here so we're gonna pick a location they picked somewhere in Colorado and um, then like they drove up to the theater in a limousine and then like the theater person was like we need to have more showings we're having a ride here and then Bob was like oh did, did I do this as well you know it's just that with MTV being so popular at the time, Prince was an absolute genius. There was nothing like this yet. You know, you had Serena Fever or whatever it was called with Travolta, but there was nothing like this where in an MTV generation, here's an artist that's getting his own movie. And basically it's like a long form video with a story and it was amazing. And then for years you had people try to do it. I mean, Rocky 4. You have Rocky and it's like you have four video segments. It's like they were trying to make their own little Rocky 4 meets Purple Rain or meets MTV. And it was doing this for movies. But Prince was the first. And Purple Rain was that lightning in a bottle. The perfect album. The perfect star at the right time. And the perfect movie. And how people couldn't see this vision at that time... I have no idea but I'm thankful for Bob and Prince for putting up their money to make it and of course Prince had more money involved than Bob but still it was done and I'm just glad that it happened and <clears throat> you know you hear the story about and they kind of messed this up but the story about like where Prince first met um, Bob and it was at the Roxy I think it was talking about somewhere in Anna. I'm kind of surprised they messed that up. Um, but about like how he was, you know, performing a little off and he wasn't wearing any underwear. So like when he'd kick, you see things. And then Bob just told him, like, you need to wear some underwear, young man. And he's like, Okay, I will. Then for the next show, because there was two shows they did that night, he made sure to wear underwear and he didn't wear the outfit on top of the underwear. So there, there, there went the bikini briefs outfit. With the trench coat, you, know, you can blame Bob for that. Or thank Bob for that. <laughs> Whatever way you want to put it. So, it was just amazing. I really wanted more of a talk with Bob. But he was taking time to get some stuff out. You know, he talked about Madonna was supposed to be involved with another training. We actually, even if he wanted it, I think it was more still graffiti bridge that I heard that, that was happening. Um... But look, he got Kristen Scott Thomas out of it. Prince did. And, you know, it's kind of like he discovered her. And then later on, you know, she wins the Oscar and so many other things that were happening. So. Yeah, wish I could have been longer as well. Then we had our our tour part two. We're in the video editing bay. We got to see more of. um, More of the Vienna footage of Third Eye Girl that we had. Um, we did kind of get to walk around stuff and there was a few other artifacts that I saw, like uh, his ear bling and a few other things. I was talking with someone that I've been looking forward to talking to. Um, so I didn't really get the full relic, the full understanding of that, of the tour, but I did see some of those extra things that they added on to it. Um, but of course I enjoyed the video, bay. It didn't it didn't seem as loud as it was as I've been there in the past I think some of the speakers were taken out and it was more because of that you know it was more loud in the front and not the back and you're kind of hearing a little bit of distortion from the guitar so you know yeah and <clears throat> just um, being around there, you get to be in the atrium. You get to be in other things. But like I said, I was trying to take care of some other things. And, and um, we're brought in again to the studio. And then you hear, you know, breakdown. It's isolated. Although we were told before, I was like for the Montreux performance. You have some other things. This is played on the Ultimate Live Experience Tour last year. And it was played as well. This time instead of taking a photo in there, we took a photo... Not a photo, I should say, of holding something. Um, and, and that was that phone. <laughs> Sorry about that, guys. Uh, no matter what time I try to record these things, there's always going to be some noise or some stuff going on, which frustrates me to no end. Um, but i got to push through it. Hope you understand. And, uh, you know, this time we took a f- We got to hold an artifact, as they call it, but it was uh, the symbol that's on the mic stand or one of the symbols that was on the mic stand. We took that where um, you take the photo and we got to hold it, but we had to wear gloves. And um, yeah, so they had different things on display, more stuff from the third eye girl era in the background And then it was on to see the screening, which was from May 28th, 2004 at the Staples Center. And I was at that show and I was uh, before the Tiger Jam shows in Las Vegas at Mandalay Bay. Now, the thing I remember most about this uh, show was getting there early and they were rehearsing Cinnamon Girl, which they never performed live, but they were rehearsing it. For a performance uh, that never took place. Or maybe it was for some video pickups. Who knows. Um, But I enjoyed the footage. Of course, it being a show that I was at. And I was pretty surprised by the lack of people moving. You know, you get get the musicology. You get Let's Go Crazy. You get the I Would Die For You. that, That funky When Doves Cry with Renato. Um, baby, I'm a star, and then which we didn't get on the big screen because I guess there'd be more focus on John Blackwell. But um, just was digging it, and then it was DMSR, and I'm waiting for like the Beyonce breakdown, and you know how he's gonna be like, I know I want to hit that, hit that, but I ain't got no booty, and then Chance comes out, but they cut that. But before that happened, I had to move to the back. We moved to the back, and. Uh, we got our dance on and Jesse Jenkins showed up and was like, oh, this is what it's about. Like, this is why he want to hang with you. Like, look at you. You're like, these people ain't grooving. You're just going to start a party by yourself. And I appreciated that. Then they cut it <laughs> and it went to the acoustic set, which is still cool. You mean you get your little wear Corvette on, the cream, your your raspberry beret or strawberry beret, as he was calling it at that show. Um 1201, which is funky. You got a little bit of a door, black sweat, dear Mr. Man. Um little bit of uh, Elvis some Elvis Presley in there, and uh seven. But um, you know, I just wanted more of it. And like I said, I was really surprised by the crowd's enthusiasm or lack of, and I'm just gonna blame it on. There's so much stuff going on they're sitting down and they're just tired you know and they're trying to get their wind for um the Funk Soldiers concert we chilled in the back for this I enjoyed it they are awesome I would love to see them perform more than just at the celebrations but I take what I can give a Shelby and all of them you know they kicked it off uh, with Rock and Rolls Alive and some Chelsea Rogers because you got Shelby featured up in that. Party Up. Black Muse, Tell You What to Do. Black Muse, like, you know, this is what I'm saying. Like, phase two and all that. Artificial age. Like, he was on point on these records. And it's just, he it was... Finding that groove again or doing whatever after really not giving us anything since 2010. And you then you have artificial age, plectrum, electrum, phase one, phase two, and P jazz, all these other things that were coming in. Black is the new black. Um, was digging it and they followed up with life of the party. And of course, chance made sure to not put that nose line up in there, which I appreciate. Um And then, you know, they said that they're going to go long, but they brought out like a dance troupe, and you know, someone that Prince would support. And I really dug um, the dance group. the dance troupe, I should say. Then they slowed it down for You Make My Sunshine. Um, Then Adrian came out and talked about Shades of Umber, which was supposed to be on phase two as well, at least according to my notes that Prince sent me. But it wasn't, but he advised that this is a number that they would play when Prince of Being dressed. So we got to hear the full version of it, which I think ran around seven minutes or so. And that's just cool. Um, they didn't want, want to treat me so bad, which was a surprise to me uh, that they did it, but I was digging it. And guitar and act of God. This year, like, you know, they did Paisley Park before. Last year, one plus one plus one is three. Like, they're just showing, like, the things that they can do. And I hear they did a different set list for the earlier concert as well. So, damn, they're good, is all I can say. And I really, really, really dig them. Um, And all I could say is that it was one of my favorite days. And I'm glad that they got up for it you know, the crowd that is, and show the appreciation. And then um, we got up Paisley late, and then we headed to the MPG show, which was outside the celebration. And, man, pay attention to those signs when you park, is all I'm going to say. The MPG show was packed. The place we're at wasn't the best of views. Uh... That night to me is just kind of gonna be eh. All I gotta say is, is, by the way, like with a song like Golden from the Golden album, y'all, y'all feel a little too comfortable when, when hitting that N word on that song. You shouldn't be feeling comfortable. <laughs> I, I'm never gonna be singing that song, it's gonna be golden for me. But y'all a little too comfortable saying that word. That's all I got to say. That's not your word. Um, but I, I enjoyed the show. Uh, it was packed in there. Uh, I look forward to seeing them again. Kind of wipe some of these these things away and hoping that people don't feel so comfortable saying go home anymore. Uh, but we got to hang with the band backstage. Got to see Tamar, which has been a while. I knew under a different name. We met probably thirteen years ago before then. Um, hanging with Morris is always a blast. The man from In Condition being there too was cool. Uh talked about Damon and that hairstyle from back in the day and how it came to be. Uh, basically from like a cop pulling him over and saying, Oh, you know, you look like someone else. It's like, man, I don't need a haircut, I don't look like no one else. So that's where the hat look came from. Um, but I really enjoyed hanging with them, seeing my boy Corey, talking with him for a while. Uh, yeah, I tried to look on the good aspects of that night. But uh, just just look around where you're parking at. Look around to certain things. Um, Funk Soldier's amazing. Jeff Katz, amazing. Seeing footage from a show that you were at on a tour that was one of his most successful of all time. Was amazing as well. And. uh It prepared us for what would be the fourth and final day. Which we're going to get into on in the next one. The revolution. At Paisley Park. For celebration day four. Until next time. Thank you guys so much for subscribing. For hitting us up. For telling other people about us. Love you back. Until next time. Keep it funky with the revolution.